The Prepped Adelaide Marathon is on again. Register now for the Prepped Marathon, Half Marathon, or the family-friendly Ciccone 10K or 5K event. Seize your personal best with Prepped and get ready for the 45th Adelaide Marathon, Sunday, August 27. Register at adelaidemarathon.com.au. Welcome to episode number 298 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. It's Australian record mania this week. Got a couple of Australian records to talk about. Our boy over in Norway, we are talking about him with his European record and quick 1500 at the Diamond League overnight. Got a bit of local news, uh, a few races to talk about, some Kipchoge news in here. A nice listener question which talks about beer. Not sure if my two co-hosts are having a beer as we, as we record tonight, but I'll ask them that in a second. Moose on the loose, a real big uh, bit of text here. I'm just scrolling through as we're talking. Sure. So that's going to be interesting when we get to that. And a bit of uh, stuff to preview what's coming up. Welcome to my co-host, the 217 man from the Lake BY Marathon. Also a 29-minute man, a 65-minute man, a 347 man, and a 1418 man. I reckon I got all those pretty close croaks. Maybe 1420. How are you this week? Good, mate. It's a nice intro. Well, you got a nice uh, one where Moose hosted a couple of weeks ago too. Yeah, it was very kind. So you uh, you gave me a little bit of, bit of extra credit on the 1500 and the 5K. Uh, the longer uh, it's been since you've ran them, the more kind of mayo we can put on them, I think. Yeah. yeah well, if, I was in the, if I was in the new shoes, it would have been 347. Oh, here we go. <laughs> the shoes. Here we go. Here we uh, go. Like, you are... You're, this is you've entered salty territory now in your career. No, I just knew it would trigger you, Moose. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not his moose on the loose. That could there could be a few moose on the looses this week. We'll see if that comes up throughout the show. The other co-host is the uh, Geelong region not captain of the uh, Geelong Cats running team, but he is a two fourteen man from also the Lake Bewell Marathon in two thousand and nineteen. I'm going to say March rainy day, super windy, probably two twelve on a uh, on a good day. Julian Spence, welcome to you. Well, yeah, you've you've opened me up to my moose on the loose early, Brady. Okay, have but I? We'll do it later on. We'll do it later on. But I actually didn't think it was a slow day at all that day. Although others have complained about the weather, but I, I, I don't, I didn't mind it. I was there, Moose. It was a slow day. A lot of people ran slow that day. Tommy DeCano, me, Reese Edwards, uh, Brad Milosevic. More people ran poorly from Australia than well. You and Nick happens Earl. In nearly every, it happens in nearly every marathon, though. Yeah, but maybe 50-50. I reckon that day it was 80-20. People were running bad, percentage-wise. Yeah, look. It was windy been, that day. It's been a bit of a trigger for me this week. So it I've was been windy. So it wasn't windy. No, it wasn't. Lake Bewell was windy, yeah. We had a tailwind on the way out. 
I don't remember it being windy at yeah, all. Because you were in a flow state, just running big 214 kind of times. It was wet. I remember it being wet, wet, but that didn't play much of a part. That was not a problem. Anyway, mate, I'm trying to build you up here and say you're probably you're quicker than you actually are. I can take <laughs> oh. it. I can retract it if you like. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy for you to retract it because that's what I ran. And it, there's no, it doesn't say like BY 214, but it was windy. True. It says like BY 214. I'm not going, you're not going back through old races that bloody... Ron Clark ran and said, oh, yeah, but that day I think it was there was a bit of a tailwind on the backstroke. That day he was, he was on cinders. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You're not doing that, are you? Some people love doing that shit. Some mm. people on Twitter recently really like doing that. Yeah, Tams and Manu, is that who you're referring to this morning? Did see a bit come out about that, and I was just reading it going, is it 2017 again? Like, are we still doing this? Are we still talking about shoes? And in particular, like, it not being an even playing field. Because every single shoe brand now has a high-stack racing shoe. No, and I don't think, sorry to catch you off, I don't think she was saying it was an even playing field. I think she was saying it's not fair to compare the times today to her era. I, I think you're wrong about that. Okay. Because something popped up before. Hold on one second. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a Twitter I, open. I'm with you, Brady. That's the way I read it as well, was that it's very hard to know like how they compare to previous generations because of the shoes that's, re- that's how i read it i'll read it out for the listeners first tweet there was, there was more than one yeah i'll read the first one watch the latest diamond league and i think we need a symbol after the results that say ss meaning super shoes these times are hard to get head around now record books being completely rewritten for all countries next tweet what about world athletics we have a meet where all athletes have to wear the old shoes so we can get our heads around how to compare the new times running if shoes also help with fatigue do the shoes play a part in actual finishing orders too but that would have been like then somebody went when Tamsin ran her time, somebody back in the 60s saying, can we change the track? Can we get everybody to run on cinders I reckon for, we do, for a meet? I reckon we do a meet with bare feet too. <laughs> Imagine that if like Monaco, it's like you can only wear bare feet and then it goes to Rome yeah. Diamond League and you've got to be in spikes from like 1960 to 1965. And well, then... have, can we get, can we get sprinters to um, dig holes for the for their foot placement rather than having blocks? Let's put flippers on them one round when they go to Luzanne Diamond League, chuck some flippers on, see who's the fastest in flippers. Oh, and you need to go back to the diets they had of those days, right? Like, what do we know about nutrition? Then? Oh, and there was training philosophy. Let's forget that you have to train for 12 months like they used to based on the current knowledge and experience they had back then. So now where are we at? Like everything's changed. People have got faster, better. These athletes are full professional. They have access to everything. To take one aspect of that and go, oh, let's put an asterisk because of this. Oh, I just hate that so much. Like it's just, it, it's got a real sour, sour feel about it. Mm. Anyway, that's a good but there start was, show. But there was, look, there was one. You might other, have replies, do you think? Yeah, it was about, um, I just don't want one. Um, it was like, oh, I don't want one brand or something like that. But anyway, forget about it. Um, yeah. Anyway, tell us what you've been running, Moose. you got a, maybe a big race announcement at the end of your week as well. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, my running. So. On a Monday morning, went for a jog, 50 minutes, just around Aries with uh, Ali. Um, we ended up going fast enough for a post-long-run day. 
then in the afternoon, went up on the flats at the top of Anglesey, on the top of the hill, um, and did a, my double up there. So it's a good spot. Took the dog up there. Um, went on some trails around where I used to, where I grew up, where I used to ride the BMX around. So ran on some old tracks up there. It was a bit of nostalgia. Uh, the next morning did a workout down in Aries Inlet with Ali. So I did her workout with her. Uh, but probably I did, I probably would have gone a similar sort of intensity even if I was on my own for this one. So the idea was uh, we ran 30 minutes of a, a lactate shuttle sort of threshold, so yo-yo. So um, it was to her heart rate, so it was supposed to be about five beats, un five to ten beats under threshold and then five beats at threshold and then she would sort of yo-yo like that. So the first five minutes was at 331s and then the second five minutes was at um, 324s, then 334, 310, 325, 317. They got quicker because we were going down. It was uphill the way out, downhill the way back. Um, so the gap pace is probably a little bit more um, even, I guess, or, or, or what you would look at. And then we took five minutes rest and we did eight by 50 second efforts just on the, the road. Um, the asphalt road so I was a little bit ahead of her the the goal or the prescription was like three to five k type pace but I went too hard she went too hard it's pretty difficult to hit that like step back 5k pace for only 50 seconds it doesn't feel like you're working very hard but that's what I wanted we would we both got a little carried away so my paces were uh 257, 253, 302, 257, 254, 253, 257, uh, 256. Not sure what, yeah, anyway. So that workout was pretty good, like getting in two sorts of bits of training, doing a little bit of VO2 max stuff, but also, oh no, that was Ali's paces, sorry. <laughs> I was about um, five. I was going to say, that's not too bad, Moose. Like, yeah. it's... <laughs> that was five to 10 seconds a K. Okay, slower than mine yeah. um i was i don't know why i got her workout open um uh yeah so yeah that was um it was good for a, a combination type workout so when you only do two workouts a week it's nice to double up in the middle of like on them so 30 minutes of threshold training and then eight by 50 seconds so vo2 max type stuff it felt like a long time like we were running for about nearly 50 minutes of um of training but it just kept like felt like it dragged out uh I, we were supposed to do 10 50 second reps but we were both really just fatigued at the end and it, it didn't it didn't feel right to do 10 so we, we decided to, to do eight instead just a bit of a, a sort of a adjustment on the fly um next day oh this is a good one brady yeah so I saw this misquoted me Got a little pop. No, you're I did like, not. You're like Sky News, I reckon. Real no, right wing, misquoting no. people. I listened to this. I think it was like on the run. So I was listening to you on the um, Road to Gold Coast, the uh, final edition. And um, you just kept going on about this 15 degrees being warm. You know, like, and I couldn't get my head. 15 degrees, that's close to optimal. Relative to what I trained in for this marathon block. You're talking about Gold Coast race day. 
Yeah, but 15. 15's like, not a hot day, Moose. I know. I live in a town that's like 40 all summer. But I think when you've been training in like one, two, three, five degrees for like five or six weeks, 15 feels warm. I don't think it affected my performance at all. I just remember early days in the race going, oh, I'm sweating a bit more than I have the last couple of weeks. But the way you went on about it, it seemed like there was a a reason, like it seemed like you were mentioning it so often that you thought that it did affect your performance. No, I was stoked with my performance. We did the live show afterwards. I know, I'm not saying... I don't think I've ever made the heat an excuse. I'm just saying that this was something that was like harped on. No, I Um, reckon you're fishing for kudos here, misrepresenting my quotes here. Have you listened to it, Croaks? The road to Gold Coast. Oh, road to Gold Coast. No, I didn't listen. Haven't listened to the last one. Misrepresented. But fifteen degrees. But if, yeah, so I'm with you, Moose, in that fifteen degrees is not going to be detrimental to your performance. But I also see where Brady's coming from. So, like, I look at it. If I if I'm in training in summer and I'm going out and I'm doing sessions, like on a Tuesday afternoon, and it's like thirty three degrees and it's like you know hot. You then wake up the next morning and it's 15 degrees. Like you feel so good because you obviously you're doing these sessions in 33 degrees and then 15 actually feels pretty cold. Mm. So I get in terms of if you're training in like zero to five, yes, 15 is not going to cause too many issues from a race perspective, but it does feel more uncomfortable than what you're used to. Likewise, if you're training in 30 degrees and then you go to 15, 15 feels way better or much easier than what you've been training in. So I get sort of what Brady's saying. Yeah. But, but I, you, can't, you, can't use it as an, yeah, you can't use it as an excuse for poor performance because, yeah, because 15 degrees is, you know, it's not in yeah. that hot range. I fully and agree. I'm, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying you're using it as an excuse. No. Nah. And it never felt like, oh, this is, I've absolutely cooked myself and I'm going to, like, die of dehydration out here. It was just, like, an observation early in the race that I'm like, oh, I'm sweating a bit more than I am. Um, have been in my workouts at home because it's probably, I don't know, 300% hotter if it's five degrees then goes 15 degrees. But you sweat more when you're more adapted to heat. Mm. And Gold Coast is often probably more the humidity that you notice than the heat um, coming from, you know, a drier environment. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember, like, just sweat dropping off my ear at, like, the surface, like 5K in and just being like, oh, I've got to really hit my drink bottles today. Yeah. And that's probably more the humidity. Yeah, probably, yeah, before the sun come up. You're probably right there, Croaks. I, I think this also led, though, into my um, moose on the loose for later in the show. But we'll get into that can anyway. We, can we agree or disagree there, Moose? And it's probably more of a blue-collar thing. Like, I'm not sure living in beach houses and training at 9 a.m. in the morning in 10 degrees, you really understand what it's like for, for the teachers and the tradies and stuff out there who are, you know, inland inland coolness, Croaks. You agree with me coming from Canberra? Mm, gets, yeah, gets cold yeah, yeah. Um, rich boys if, wouldn't get it if i was training for the next 12 weeks through winter down here and i was getting up and running before the sun came out and i got a 15 degree day in my marathon you fucking beauty what a delight this optimal day it was 10 degrees when you were slagging me off optimal 10 degrees that, that'd be beautiful running 10 take that um, any day of the week you'd wear so- a single wouldn't you in 10 well, if it's warm enough for a singlet, it's warm enough for no singlet. Oh, yeah. So you You're actually still doing wouldn't top need top. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, you got a shitload of kudos there anyway. You, you yeah, achieved your goal. 
Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, okay. the photos of the photos of Christian weren't working, so he's tried another uh, strategy. Someone did no call him out. That. About Christian, actually. <laughs> Someone did call him out on that as well, saying the things you do for a kudos. Yeah, well, it worked, didn't it? Thanks so. to the people that backed me up in there, though. I was overwhelmed by some what, of the responses. What, 18 people? And I got 418. Yeah, but kudos, kudos is much easier than leaving a comment. Ah, Every comment should be worth 50, I reckon, then I've got you. Scientific poll. Um, <laughs> I was getting terrible sleep this week, by the way. I got a baby that started to wake up in the middle of the night. And also, 4 a.m., she wakes up now. We got, like, a sleep consultant to... To review it and give us some advice on stuff, but it's not working. So I, I was like a zombie for a lot of this week. Have you thought you about just... getting that snoo thing back out? Well, I don't think you can strap them in that when they're this oh, age. Okay. <laughs> I think they might complain about that. <laughs> but uh, it's a bit of a, like a bit of like a um, commodity, the snoo, like a good investment if you're thinking about it. You could just have a few in the shed. Uh, six third, that was six k, and then I did a. Um, I did. Oh no, that was. What the that hell was, was that? that was no, a that was a night 7:40 p.m. Run. Yeah, this. I got out. This was after dinner. After dinner, I went for a run, and I'm like, "What the hell am I doing? This is the worst kind of running that there is." Like, headlamp on. It was like a. It wasn't raining, I don't think, but it was pitch black. I had a belly full of food. I was tired as fuck. I'm normally sitting on the couch at this time. I'm like, well, this is a sign that I'm actually motivated because I'm not enjoying this at all. I'm out here doing it. Very quiet in the town at that time, 7.40 at night. So good, got the dog out there. So he was, he, he liked it. But um, going to be probably a fairly big part of my training going forward if if I do train for this marathon, the, the post-dinner doubles. Because I can't get out of it, like, not get out of it, but when I get home, i got to, Hang out at home a bit, um, do the baby stuff, you know how it is. Uh, next day, I got a new shoe on, Supercomp Trainer V2, so really enjoyed this. Ran um, 14K, felt very good up the hills again. Got out early, too early, 6.54, it's dark for like 20 minutes. Um, so, I, oh, fucking dog. Um, hold on one sec. I'll read out your notes about this Supercomp trainer. Yeah, too. I'm back. Sorry. Oh, you're back. That was quick. Some good words to him. And, um, so, yeah, like, you guys run in the first version? No, I never got the Supercomp trainer. I like the look at it, though. Like, I like those kind of um, big shoes. I don't think you would have loved the first one, though, because it was really big. Like, really big. A lot of bigger guys liked it because it was just enough shoe for them. Um, the new one though, it's it is very fun. Like, it's smaller profile than the first one. It's close to the ground, slightly lower offset, not as heavy. The upper, to me, fits a lot better. Well, not fits a lot better, fits differently, but it's got a better heel cup on it. Uh, it just feels like a real. It's like a super blast. This is the sh- this is the closest shoe to a super blast in my that I've tried on. It just has a plate in it, which stiffens it a little bit. But I'm, I'm always surprised how stiff that Super Blast is without a plate and, like, how good it can feel. But this is New Balance's best foam at the moment that they're putting in a training shoe. So consider it. Like, a lot of good feedback so far. It's only been out for three days or so. Uh, I, I, I loved it. But got over the hills, so went an hour, 14. Next day, did a workout with... Um, 
did a workout with Ali. Now, this was a bit of a longer session, like 50-minute tempo um, around the Torquay Sands. This was at her effort, so not pace, not heart rate or anything like that. Um, good morning. So not, no complaints here, Brady. It was 20K an hour wind. You'd, you'd find windy. an issue with that? That's pretty you'd windy. Find an issue with that? 20K an hour is wind. That impacts the pace if you're trying to go fast. What about 72% humidity? How's that sit? No, that's all right. I never know what to do with humidity. We don't get humidity in the land that much. So yeah. that, that, it's not on my radar humidity. I look at wind and temperature. Okay. Well, it felt fine. So we did 50 minutes. I felt super comfortable in this. This was, this actually gave me a lot of confidence because um, I felt like I was just cruising. The, the pace average was 328. Uh, it got a little quicker towards the end, I guess, um, as we worked into it. But my average heart rate was 156. So that's way under marathon effort for me. Towards the end, I probably got around marathon heart rate. Uh, but I was tired. I've been fatigued. Like there's a few reasons why I probably wasn't in like the best state. And I haven't got mileage to back up the last 15, 20 minutes of that run yet. So that's something that I've got to work on. But I was, I just like, I felt so comfy in this and it gave me a lot of confidence for if I wanted to train for a marathon that I could, I could pull it off and I could maybe aim a little higher than, than what I was last time. So that was just don't get overconfident though, Moose, because I reckon this was like you were able to do this earlier this year. Like, you know, 328 for 50 minutes would have felt exactly the same, um, but you didn't have the vault. And so, you, you know, you're pretty confident of going in and running a half-decent marathon, but you hadn't done the volume, like, you know, long runs, which you're obviously changing now. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I know. I can't, I can't, um, I can't. Well, what's the word when you wing when it? Because fifty, yeah, fifty-minute tempo, like you know, significantly slower than what you would run for a marathon, doesn't necessarily indicate you know good marathon. Because if you then you know go out and run you know your seventy-minute half, you might get to twenty-five, thirty k, and then be like, oh, my legs are fucked, because you haven't got all the other parts of the the cake, I suppose. Yeah, it was more. It wasn't so much like the results of the workout. It was the um, feel that I had during it and how comfortable it was and, and, and how my body was moving. So I've, I've really got rid of this knee niggle that, that's been hanging around for like a year or whatever. Like my knees just, I've, I've been doing a fair bit of strength and conditioning just at home and a lot of glute work, bit of squatting, that, that core stabilizing stuff. And it's actually making a real difference to how I'm running. And I just feel like a lot stronger and, I'm, and, my, and my stride feels much smoother. So, yeah, I, I take what you say and I, 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 I take it on board. Um, but but, but I, that I being said, like you're good. Yeah, that being said, you are putting like you're already running more kilometers than you were for what you were doing in the start of the year when you were preparing for a soccer and like you'll get to your Sunday run. But that, you know, that sort of stuff is what will make you know, your marathon good, like running over, you know, decent elevation and at a decent pace as well yeah i still look at this sunday run and i mean i'll get to that but i i did a saturday run with cram with crammers ryan crammery brady yeah crammers little brother how's he got so much better than your mate crammers 
Uh, my mate Kramers has got three kids under six. Three kids, yeah, but That's... he just leapfrogged him so fast. Do you reckon it's like training group, a bit of culture? He probably just has a way more case because he doesn't have three kids to look after. He's got a bit more responsibility in life, Luke Cramery. <laughs> yeah, Both I don't good know. blokes, though. Both mad Geelong supporters. Is that why he yeah, did a were... Saturday long run? Because he was going to the footy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, it was. But it was his birthday, though. It was his 30th or something. So I think he did... did... Luke go to the footy with him? No, nah, Luke was at home. Oh, didn't sure. get the invite. It's a long, long, way, long way to go for a game of footy, Ben, to go to Geelong. Stiff. stiff for Ryan, for the brother yeah. not to show up. Stitched him up. Um, yeah, Sunday was good. So, like, I was feeling pretty good on this one. We, I, I picked the route, so we went out and back on one of the best roads you'll ever run on. For some, Like, for some reason, they've graded it, and it's or it's something's happened with the weather and the rain or whatever but it's just in fucking mint condition and there's just no gravel on it it's just like a hard packed dirt road it's super flat there's no potholes it goes up pretty much goes up a mountain really uh if you consider like the climb like we we turned around at the uh 13k mark or around an hour and there was still probably another six to seven k of climbing up this mountain and and we turned around and then we ran down and that fucking sucked. It, like the downhill for that long, just just busts you up. Just makes me feel uncomfortable. And then when you get to the bottom, like hit the bottom with at 25k, had 7k left to run. It didn't feel great because of that downhill, like the 10k of downhill, which was pretty harsh on the body. But uh, by that stage, the pace was up. We were rolling pretty good. The guys. Everyone kind of works off the Friday workout, so they allow themselves Sundays to 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 work a bit harder. So it's okay. Like it's not that frowned upon in the group if someone feels good to to, to push it a little bit, and it, it's not frowned upon if the the pace is a lot harder than what a general easy day during the week would be. So it was 32k average 412. Um, again, heart rate was pretty good for me, so it was 139. But there was a lot of downhill in that, like extended downhill period where it stayed under 130 a lot of the time. But yeah, 132k and uh, Bandura this week. So I'm going to drop the mileage back and get sort of sharpened up a little for it. And and I might use that as my last proper race if I have a crack at Sydney. Big news, the Moose heading to Sydney Marathon in nine weeks' time. You could be well, top 20 this week too, I reckon. This kind no, of well, that is actually my goal. Top yeah. twenty is my goal. I've I said that on Sunday. I'm like, I want to I want to have a good run. I, I really want to do well. Shouldn't be too outcome based though on position because you're really never sure who's going to rock up. Like top thirty could be a good day there if it's deep. Yeah, I get I get that, but I still yeah. Like I've I've been in a lot of races this year, and the first race I come fiftieth, Cruden Farm came twenty eighth, and. I feel like I'm getting better, so it gives it does give me a chance to aim for something. Mm. Well, you know the guys are around anyway. Hey Brady, you noticed um, Moose changed his tune tune fairly quickly around Sydney once uh, Jimmy messages on Wednesday morning with the Australian only prize money. Oh yeah, didn't he? I nearly fell off my seat at work, Croaks. You're yeah. kidding! You're kidding that you think that I I think I'm a chance. I what, think you five? do. Top five no Australian. Way. Who's doing it? Who's doing it out of Brett Robinson? 
Everyone did Gold Coast. Let's cut this conversation out. No one needs to know about this prize money. (laughs) This is brilliant. Keeping that undercovers just for a few little, like, ambassadors they'll sneak the news to. Luckily enough, we were on the end of a message. But very generous from those guys. But I'm not going to trouble the scorers there. Don't worry about that. I think Uh, you will. Top five, I reckon. But 15 grand for first, first Aussie. 10 grand for second, wasn't it? Yeah, and then seven and a half, five, and was it like three and a half? Incredible. $82,000 for the Australian only prize pool. Mm, That's so good. You know, that's what London do for their UK athletes. And I think Chicago or New York or something do it as well. It's a pretty established thing. What kind of time do you reckon you got to run for fifth? Three and a half grand. Brett Robinson takes first. I think you've got to go under 220. I I don't know who the Australians are. There's not a lot of Australian sub 220 guys in the country. I, I cannot think I of know, any names like... to be honest. Like, yeah, Benny Saint, if he's like using it as a hit out before Valencia, he'll be in that zone. Well, Brett's doing it. Yeah, Brett and Benny Saint. Mm. But like, so like guys like me, who are who are sub elite guys running it? Well, I don't know. I don't think there's anyone. There'll be people. There'll that's be people. Don't worry. That's why Moose is going. That's why Moose is getting up there. That's what I'm thinking. We're cutting this conversation out. No one's hearing about our prize money. <laughs> well, I don't think that even if people do hear it, that people go, "Oh yeah, I'll do that in nine weeks." I think yeah. I don't know. Like I think a lot of them were in that two nineteen pack at Gold Coast, and some will be going for Berlin. Others are going for Valencia, maybe Melbourne. Like if they're considering it, then they should know it's that it's a very hilly course, and there's a lot of U turns, <laughs> and they probably don't want to show up. And you don't want to race Moose in his Aussie kit. Moose is getting yeah, in shape right. as well. He's getting in shape. Toby <laughs> and Christian that, were banging on about how fit you are on the monthly on Friday night. We spoke about you for like 10 minutes. I'm like, let's move on. You said I was fit. Yeah, Toby was. Toby said I was fit. Toby's like, just between you you and us, like, he's that fit and he's just like downplaying his fitness on the show every week. I think he stitched me up there. Uh, He reckons you're going right. Then we talked about your new house. Anyway, um, Croaks, how are you going? You did get out for one run, but more importantly, you had your uh, cardiologist appointment. I reckon that was Tuesday after we spoke last Monday night. Yeah, and so that's the reason why I only got one run in, unfortunately. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so I went out on Tuesday because I'd pretty much had two complete weeks off and I thought, oh, because Andre said I could, you know, do 30 minutes a day um, pretty easy. So I thought, oh, like I'll start just getting out the door and, and doing something more for just some like mental health and um, just so I'm not on the couch. So, yeah, went out for 30 minutes and uh, oh, I felt garbage, like two, you know, you lose a fair bit in two weeks in terms mm. of just conditioning of your legs. Like five minutes in, my hip flexors were just tight and sore. And um, yeah, it wasn't an overly enjoyable run. And then maybe in the last five minutes, I started to feel a bit like short of breath. Um, and, and I looked down at my heart rate and I was expecting it to just go through the roof, but it actually went like, it went really lo- like low compared to what it had been. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe these like arrhythmias, maybe it doesn't always just show up on a on a chest strap, um, because I definitely felt like something was going on, um, but it didn't necessarily show up on the the heart rate. So that was yeah, 30 minutes at 4:35s. Um, I had that telehealth uh, appointment later that day with like Professor Cowman, uh, yeah, who's an electrophysiologist. So spent the first like 15 minutes he was just pretty much scrolling through all of the test results that i had done in melbourne um and he said look 
you you're going to need surgery um so the stuff that i'd pretty much spoken about so he said they would do an electrophysiology study which that just maps the heart's electrical circuit um so they go in through your groin put in like a catheter and then um they go up yeah in through a vein up to your heart and then they can yeah map the electrical circuit and work out where the issue is coming from what's causing the arrhythmia and if they find something they can do that ablation which um basically burns off the area that's causing the problem to try and block that rogue electrical signal um that's sort of my understanding of it uh so they what would are they do looking for what are, what sort of things are they looking for to, well, burn, look... to, to burn off well there's obviously like so obviously like there's an electrical current that runs through your heart and that controls your your heartbeat and so they can go so that um, electrical electrophysiology study they use this elect i think an electrode and they can control your heartbeat and they can basically see your like the electrical circuit of your heart to see where it's actually not like you know they obviously know what a normal one looks like and so then they can see where i'm having my issues mm. if that makes sense uh, and then if they can find something that's wrong uh then they burn off the area that's the issue and that prevents that rogue electrical circuit from causing this arrhythmia if that makes sense right. it's yeah it's like I, yeah because i'm not a medical person like it doesn't make a lot of sense to me but that's sort of in a nutshell what they do he said that will work if the issue is coming from inside the heart if the if if the issue is coming from the outside of the heart they'll have to like wake me up and do a different procedure where they go i think from outside your chest in um yeah but he said look you, i don't want you running at all like not you know he said because like i can't give you a percentage of risk in terms of like you might have one of these arrhythmias but i don't know what chance that arrhythmia like the chance of going from that arrhythmia to that um you know cardiac arrest I, I i can't put an i can't put a figure on that and so it's just not worth risking it um he said you'll probably end up with a defibrillator um he said like when we do this surgery if they find something that's you know pretty concerning they would just insert the defibrillator there and then and i'd wake up with a defibrillator uh, but he said you'll probably need one anyway because you've got this scarring on your heart the scarring means that the structure of your heart's changed and even if we do this ablation, which is the, the ablation is the bit where they burn off the problem area to try and block that signal, um, because you've got the scarring, like that structure, your heart structure might change again with more scarring or whatever. And so then you're at risk of getting another arrhythmia. Um, so now it's just a, a now it's just a waiting game because he said the normal wait time for one of these procedures is 18 months. Um, but wow. he said. But, all, but people who have like atrial fibrillation would get the same sort of procedure done. But I think my arrhythmia is higher risk, so I'll probably get bumped up. So he's hoping to have it done within like a couple of months. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty much <laughs> I'm pretty much reduced to like I can't. And that's the thing I can't even cross train. I can't go and swim, ride a bike. I can just basically can't do anything that gets my heart rate like high. Can you do? I know this isn't the same, but can you like? do strength and conditioning uh, i can like i i started today i did um just at home just the normal sort of circuit that i was doing when i was running like you know it's like single leg bridges up on a couch and some squats and some 
um, single leg squats type thing, or it's like split squats, a bit of core. But I'm like, I'm not going to go to the gym to lift weights. I just, I just couldn't be asked. I don't enjoy it. I'd, I'd prefer to just go out for a walk while Lily rides a bike. <laughs> yeah. Then go to the gym and lift weights. Do you feel like you've got like an excess of energy and like obviously time on your hands, or is it like sometimes post race when you do have these breaks, you actually feel like shit just because you like don't get those endorphins and like wake yourself up and you feel like a bit flat, even though like because you're not exercising, you actually should be like you know yeah. reinvigorated. How do yeah, you feel? I, I thought I'd be worse than I am. Like I, I certainly don't feel like I've been climbing the walls. I've definitely been getting like like the positive. I've, and that's the thing I've been trying to look at all the positives in that. Okay what are the good things that I've got as opposed to, Hey, I can't run. And it's like, I definitely feel like I'm a better dad as a result because I've got all this extra time. And even this afternoon, I, um, I picked Lily up from school. She finished at like three o'clock and I, I put a, I put her bike in the back of the car and I picked her up and said, Lily, do you want to go down to Yerribee Pond for a bike ride? And so we pretty much walked a full lap while she rode, um, which, you know, normally when I'm running so much, it's like, I don't do that as often um, mm. or I'm not willing to walk quite as far as what we are now. So, and then like from a coaching point of view, like I, I jumped on the bike on Friday morning when the group did a session and it just sort of, we, obviously there's a few different like pace groups and I sort of just went between the groups um, depending on what their session was. And then later that day I rode with Rob who was doing a, a hillier session out at Mulligan's and, and that definitely got my heart rate up a little bit. So you know, I'm at least just getting outside doing that sort of stuff. Um, it keeps me sort of occupied. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know, like I could, I could basically be out for like three months, four months, five months and God, it's going to be, it's going to be an absolute battle trying to get any sort of fitness back again. Um, after that long of just not doing any exercise at all. Yeah. Well, uh, you don't it, need to worry about that. I think you about heart health. Yeah. Yeah. I think think about someone who's had a pregnancy, mate. It's yeah, like yeah. they can they they can be out for six to twelve months, or even longer, really, and then they come back strong. You strong right. moves. Most of them come back stronger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I think like I know it's going to be really difficult, but this is just a long term injury, I guess, if you look at it that way. Yeah. At, at least you know at the start rather than having like something that drags on and on and on without really knowing yeah yeah like the only downside of it i've asked now two like pretty well credentialed cardiologists like how many people get back to full training after they have this done or have what i have and both of them have said like it generally doesn't it doesn't happen and like i haven't and that's probably the reason why i'm not so down in the dumps is i haven't ruled that out yet because if i do get this surgery and it does heal it and I do have a defibrillator in my chest. I almost feel like, well, that's a bit of a security blanket there that if something goes wrong, I've got this defibrillator there to, like, save me. And like, I'm not saying that I would ever want to go back to running 160K a week, but, I, you know, if I could get to the point where I can run every day, I can do still a long run on Sunday, and I can do sessions at that sort of, probably how you've been training recently, Moose, where it's, like, like comfortably hard like I'd, I'd be happy enough with that moving forward so i'm still holding out hope that i can get back to doing that um but i won't really know i, I won't really know until i get this surgery done and um yeah and and they won't really know how bad the heart is until they get in there and see it as well 
Yeah, you've got to have hope, though. Just having the hope there for the next couple of months is going to be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much it for me. So now I'm just waiting. Like I, yeah, I basically finished that Zoom call and um, on Tuesday, and I haven't heard anything since. So I guess I just wait. I'm assuming they just contact me with, hey, there's a bed in two weeks' time. Get down to Melbourne. Yeah, do you I have to do it, do it in Melbourne or can it, does he fly all over the place? No, I, I'll get it done in Melbourne. we got to get Andre on the show too, Moose. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think so. But it's good to talk about, like, runners' heart health. Had a few people DM That'd be easy, mate. He loves the glory. Loves the fame. He's got his own podcast going on. Krogs brought it up last week when he was like, I thought this activity was, like, good for me and healthy and, like, living a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, we can can do that. Did you know, well, you guys do know, I was flicking through old AV results today and I saw his name in a premier um, Geelong Jells Park relay team back in, I think, 2000 and... Oh, it must have been like 2009 or something like that. I reckon he handed over to Craig Mottram. Ran sub-19. He could run. Brad, Mm. have a listen to this. Guys, it's Monday, right? He's on 2009 AV Jails Park results. (laughs) Yeah. Wasn't even on the fucking team. For what purpose were you doing that? Um, because someone put a photo in this Facebook group of a 2012 result and then I got down a rabbit hole and just started searching different results and then, yeah, this is, I didn't even do Jails Park that year, but I just saw that Geelong won and Andre passed it over to uh, Craig Mottram. And he always bangs on about how busy he is, hey, Moose? Oh, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not busy on Monday. I'm stay at home dad on a Monday, just Olivia and I every Monday. It's my day off before I do six days on. So what was she doing while you were doing this? She was sleeping. She still sleeps two hours during the day. She hardly slept last night as well, so I was working hard. Want to hear about my week, boys? Yep. Let do me it. go through this. Uh, Monday, first day back at school, croaks, back on the chalk, 12K, 426s, got 300 metres from uh, my house, AirPod, yeah, well, they're not AirPods, like cheap, like Bluetooth air things, whatever they're called, Bluetooth headphones in my ear, falls out, smashes on the ground, bounces, lands in a puddle. Not a great start to Monday morning. Totally fried it. I had to run the whole run with one headphone in, but that was okay. I was trying to look at the bright side that I could just enjoy a bit of nature in one ear and a bit of like music in the other ear. Tuesday, 65 minutes easy, 428s. Wednesday, this is going to be pretty boring because I'm just started sessions at the end of it. Wednesday, 60 minutes at 4.14. Thursday morning, actually, I was down in the Big Smoke, Melbourne. Stayed at our Zacker's Bachelor Pad. Did 70 minutes at 4.13, went along, let me get this right, the Gardener's Creek Trail. Does that mean anything for you boys? No. What were you in Melbourne for? Uh, Lululemon Ambassador Day on the Thursday. So What were you doing? Uh, it was an onboarding, which was kind of um, interesting because I'd already been to Tokyo, already done the Gold Coast stuff, and now I'm officially onboarded. So I felt like we kind of done it in reverse, but it was good to meet a couple of the other ambassadors. Uh, Who else bit, they got? Uh, oh, huge, huge, big name signing in Roll Australia. Di- I don't know if I can announce this one yet because that's the first time I'd seen them at this Ambassador Day. They, they got what anyone who um, tapes over their mouth while they run? Nah, I didn't see anyone doing that. This was everyone, though. This was like yogas, training, runners. But this person, Australian cross-country champion, ran at the World Cross-Country Champs at Bathurst. Huge name. Got to know got to know them pretty well throughout the day. We were kind of hanging out a bit, being What's on the show. What's boarding look like? Yeah, that's Georgia Hansen. There's only one of them. Oh, he put two and two together, Moose. Well, there's only one cross-country champion that ran at Bathurst. Your words, Moose, your words. Um, just all those different things, Crokes, getting to know some different people, learn a bit more about the brand. 
Um, and then, because they have like this, uh, it's like store ambassadors and city ambassadors. So like each store has like ambassadors and then they got together with like their store manager. But I'm obviously, I don't have a store on my city ambassador and there's no store in Chukamalama. So we kind of worked just doing some like brainstorming about how the brand looks and in our different spaces and stuff like that. So it was good. It was very, uh, as you can imagine from the clubhouse moose, very well set up, very nice food. All those kind of things. Um, so yeah, that was good. Re- recovery zone? Uh, no recovery zone. So there was a yoga zone. Did some yoga. I'm so bad at yoga too. When we put all the mats down, I'm just like, oh, sure, there's not, there's way too many people for yoga mats in here. If anyone needs to opt out, I'll be the guy opting out. But there was the perfect amount of mats, and I did some yoga, which was probably good for me. Can uh, we um, can well, we talk about recovery zones for a sec? Recovery like, zones at fun I runs. I saw this. I saw this photo from Run Melbourne, and it was. Run Melbourne was Sunday. It was fucking freezing on Monday, on Sunday morning. Like in Anglesey, it was. It feels like two degrees. It it probably eight thirty, and I know that's when the run finished. Or like you'd be out. You'd be some people be finishing now. I think if it's a seven a.m. start. There's a, there was a recovery zone at the end, and that was it was out in the open, like no cover from the elements, and there was like a mat with a foam roller. Have you ever, ever finished a race, like, sweaty, and then the sweat turns wet, and, like, you get real cold, uh, you feel gross, you got snot all over you, you're, you're sore, you're, you're hungry, thirsty, you just want to get out of there. Have you ever thought, oh, geez, I'd love to lie down in the cold and, and, and use a foam roller right now? Love no. to roll out. No. It's generally uh, put your tights on, go do a short cool down, and then uh, yeah, get out of there. Yeah. As quick as you can. Hot, as quick as you can, you get out of there. Hot coffee for the drive home would be good, hey? Yeah. Maybe a croissant or something like that. But you bring up a really good point because I think that was ASICs who did that. Like it's these activations where they're trying and they're putting money and resources into it, but it's not hitting the mark. Mm. No, so, so, not- so how does ASICs, because that would be one of your big um, – suppliers moose like if you could then you know get into their pr or marketing team or whatever because i'm sure it's different people that you deal with like what how do you do an activation at the end of a running event because i fully agree with you that didn't hit the mark supply some megan bacon rolls free coffee if it's winter (laughs) it's undercover give someone a space to go in make it warm offer coffee hot drinks maybe some hot food like croak said hot food hot hot drinks comfortable put some like give people a towel at the end like to to warm up um and provide shelter because that's what people want in at the end of a cold race if you're doing a race in summer the opposite Mm. perhaps there is a lawn that they can go and chill out on perhaps you provide them with cold uh refreshing type drinks yeah Yeah. and and then you 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 put ice around a couple of slushy machines eh? That's what people. Yeah. That's what people are after. Like, just consider where you're at. You're in Melbourne in the middle of winter, and it's early morning. What no they should have done. Lay out on the lawn. What about those like branded like? Um, they look like tin foil, but like ponchos. Yeah, space blankets. Yeah, space blankets. Imagine just. Yeah, like I don't know though. They're a bit weird. Eight hundred of those ASICs branded things getting around at the finish line. I like the actual. Ra- I love race towels. Race towels mm. I use forever. Big in Japan. Like, Japan, yep. yeah. Every, every a, Japanese marathon I've done. Yeah. And and even in Australia, where was the one? Great Ocean Road used to do them. 
So IMG, oh no, it was before that, it was John Craven when he did it. They used to give out a Gratian Road towel at the end. And I've got fucking, they're loaded up and I use them every time I go to the beach. Yeah. Uh, Lake Biwa gave them out and then the Ironman races give them out too. So if you've ever done a relay at one of those Ironman's events, then um, you'll get a towel from yeah. it. Yeah, Hobart Marathon used to give them out, big purple one. Nagano, that's where I got my first yeah. race towel. Mm. Filled up my cupboard. Love it. Does Brie like them? Because Carly doesn't really like the race towels compared to the Brie other likes, linen. Because I use the shit ones, and she can use yeah. the good ones. I'm, I'm fine with a shit towel. Yeah, I put them oh, down. Put them down when I collect wood. Put it down in the boot. Then you chuck Clean the wood the on top of that. Them. Clean the dog with them. Yeah, it's a good idea. Anyway, that was Thursday, boys. Friday did a workout. I was running like I felt good. Thursday, like I rolled a couple like sub four minute k's when I was jogging. So I'm like, okay, without having like looking at me watch chasing the pace so i'm like i think i'm ready for a workout i did five by four minutes averaged around 311 pace off a minute jog felt surprisingly good i kind of thought if i could hover around like 320 325 i would have been kind of happy with that the one rule i kind of had for this workout is the pace had to feel easy enough that i could do it off a minute jog and i kind of um yeah got to the end of each minute going yep i'm ready to go again so that was good to tick that one off saturday 70 minutes at 422s sunday an hour and 50 with archie at 412s Coros what was um slash Strava you, ripped me off though. You jumped you jumped ahead too quick. You Sorry. didn't give us didn't give us a chance. Um, the uh, workout purpose like what pace did you try to um, what pace did you try to hit? Well, I was trying to hit like threshold, and I think my, I thought my threshold like that rhythm and that kind of flow across the ground would have been around that three twenties because I often do like five by five minutes, but I just did the first one a bit quick, and it's probably a bit of a trap sometimes when you're go a bit quicker and you go okay i'll try to do more here but it was i think doing them off a minute i was yeah in kind of control and it felt pretty good so yeah that's my answer to your question threshold effort pace threshold for an hour well you must be fit then yeah i feel well it's that it's that real like situation where it's like if you're not tired from the marathon anymore but you've banked 42k at 320 pace has your fitness come up a bit do you know what i mean um like should i be should i be able to run a half marathon at 310s 311s at the moment which would be like what do you reckon croak 68 68 30 ish wouldn't it something like that oh yeah like i reckon quicker i'm still bank well i reckon it comes down to you feel okay but i reckon if you were to do like a long sustained effort Mm. the fatigue from the marathon would probably come back to bite you at some point um like i remember uh when was it It was melbourne half one year and so i i finished third but i remember running against um rowan walker and rowan walker had just done like surf coast century or something like two three weeks before and he got away from me and then he sort of just fell apart towards the back end. And so obviously that race was still in his legs. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see how you would go at a half now. Cause I reckon maybe the last 5k, you'd probably just find that the marathon would still be in your legs. Mm. Yeah. Cause it's going to wait this week. I'm just going to go jog around or not jog around, but I'm going to do it as a workout. You'll be about 30 positions in front of me, I reckon. So, um, but I think I'll do similar to what you said last week. I'll take the first 2K pretty easy and then try to pick it up throughout the next two 4K laps. Hopefully finish with a bit of running. A bit, I'd love to be our sixth Bendigo back guy, but 
we've got a they probably need to come 30th 35th if i'm gonna gonna finish there but we'll see how i feel and just um yeah try to run through the field uh, which will give us some good data because yeah um the week was 110 which was all in singles so see what happens see what happens I'm Let's, the mileage king this week. The mileage king, yeah. That's bizarre. You, you will be for the that, next couple of months, I reckon, too. I don't think so. You'll be back above me next week. Oh, not if you're training for a marathon. Nah, I'm be, taking it easy. I'd be happy. You just said you're trying to qualify for all this prize money. What are you talking about? No, I said that I'm taking it easy <laughs> after a big week last week. Oh, yeah, you did too. Let's thank some Patreon supporters. Who you got, Croaks? Uh, I've got Josh Smith. So I found a Josh Smith from Adelaide who follows all three of us on Strava. So I'm assuming it's the same guy. Uh, his PBs are 17.42 for 5K, which he did at the 2019 over 35 state champs, 37.12 for 10K at the 2022 South Australian road champs, 82 minutes for the half, uh, which was the 2002 Salisbury half. And he ran 3.08 at the 2021 McLaren Vale Marathon. Uh, he also ran last year's Surf Coast Century, finishing 14th and running 10 hours and 35 minutes. So thanks for your support, Josh. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for the follow on Strava as well. Moose, who you got? Uh, I've got Havard Lysda. Uh, Havard is from Tonsberg in Norway. Is that on there? Who's the real... Real um, crazy people in Norway. They the, is that the uh, western side of the country mm. that Christian goes on about? Well, he's from mm. the north, so it's definitely not the north. I reckon it's maybe the it's, western side. Oh, of the, I think the, it's the southerners. I thought the, Ing- the Ingebrigtsens are on the uh, west. They're on the west coast, I think. I remember he used to go on, though, about yeah. someone from a region, and they were all like, they must be like the Tas- Tasmanians or something. And his, um, his new partner's... Um, families from up near the north as well so it wouldn't be them this oh. is near this isn't far from drummond though oh yeah a bit okay. south of drummond yeah this is getting this is getting real south north yeah this is real south well mm, this could be Hav- them Havard, best times 19.15 for five 10k 39.56 half marathon 91.05 and a 318 marathon at the 2021 Persalope Marathon. We think he might have three kids. So uh, good on you, Havard. Hope I'm saying that right. Yeah, thank you, Havard. I'm going to thank Daniel Brunton from Reservoir in Victoria. He's run 19.19 for 5K. So it'd be a good head-to-head, him versus Havard, only four seconds between them. 89 minutes at last year's Melbourne Half Marathon, and he ran 3.43 at the 2021 Melbourne Marathon. He needs to pencil in a new uh, a new marathon PB, I reckon. If he's run 89 minutes and 3.43, got a bit of time to go off that. Big, big dog boys. He is possibly the project manager at Brunton Engineering and Construction. So owns his own business. We all know how that works, Croaks. If you own your own business, cash mm. money. Yep. <laughs> stress, stress, <laughs> stress. Well, maybe his dad owns the business and he's just working. Oh, maybe yeah, he'll potential. inherit it. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's just going to hang around for a few years. We never know. Yeah. Thank you for your support, though, Daniel. If this show brings you value, there's three tiers we got on our Patreon page, starting at uh, just five months US a month. So just think about a month worth of content. If you think that's worth five bucks US, you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash inside running podcast. 
we bring you our bonus shows. We've got a couple of bonus shows potentially oh. in the works at the moment. Oh, Moose Craig's, sounds excited. Craig's put his hand up for some big ones too. Did he? Big interviews coming up. Okay. Yeah, some... do, I, might have a, I might have a big interview at the end of this week. Oh, been here a, we go. Been a, been a few messages sent backwards and forwards this afternoon. Good. Zach put his hand up to host a sideshow as well, didn't he, during the week? He wants to host yeah, one Zach. of the Road 2s. So I hey, think he's good. He was good down at the event on Saturday night, Zach. Was he? Didn't yeah. seem doing much from my end, to be honest. <laughs> he kept it going, mate. He kept it going. He, he was the IT man in the background. So, yeah, well, there was no sound working for the first five minutes, so I'm not sure if you realise well, that. He did fuck that up. <laughs> so um, maybe potentially two Road 2 series is going at the same time. We'll have more details next week about that. The monthly comes out every month. You get early access on a Monday night. You get the uncut version of the show as well on the Patreon feed. So anything we have to edit out um, doesn't get edited for the Patreon supporters. So if you want to support us on Patreon, all the details over there. South Australia's premier running event, the Prepped Adelaide Marathon, is on again. The spectator-friendly course starts at the Race Village in Benitham Park and runs along the beautiful parklands and river torrents. You can register now for the Prep Marathon, Prepped Half Marathon, or the family-friendly Sakoni 10K or 5K event. Enhance your performance with the hydration power of Prepped. Get ready for the 45th Adelaide Marathon, Sunday, August 27, and seize your personal best with Prep by your side. Register at adelaidemarathon.com.au. Runner news, boys. I'll start with the Silesia Diamond League. Is that right, Crokes, in Poland? Sounds right to me. Yeah. You've done that pretty well. Yep. Is it, was it in Poland, though? Yeah, it was. I was actually up. My daughter woke up at midnight last night, and then I messaged Christian and said, what time's this uh, 1500, the men's one happening? And Christian said, in 22 minutes. So if there's any time when you're happy to be woken up with a crying baby, it's when there's a Diamond League 1500 metres to watch. So I got to watch it live. Our boy, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, uh, was paced by Stewie, and there was two other paces. The two, so the two other paces, and I was worried that Shuey wouldn't be able to get out quick enough to do a pacing job, but he kind of slotted in pretty well. Um, the two other paces were a bit quick early on, and then there was a gap back to like Jakob. So Shuey kind of went with the two other guys, but Shuey was the most aware of the three paces that the kind of gap had had uh, broken. They went to maybe, I'm going to say, oh, 700 metres, 800 metres, and then Stewie took over and just slowed it perfectly so Jakob could get back on. They were kind of running like 55 through those first couple of laps. Stewie got him all the way to 300 metres to go and still looked amazing, Stewie. I actually thought watching it, I'm like, he's going to he's gonna finish this off and potentially come second. But he did step off. Jakob ran 327.14, which now ranks him fourth all time. It was a PB from him. Abel Kipsang was second in 329.1. And Reynold Kip Career Chariot was third in 330.3. The first eight people in the race ran PBs, um, including Sam Tanner from New Zealand. I reckon he was like 331, maybe 330. And Cam Myers was 11th in 333.2 which was close to a two-second PB. He's just turned 17 a couple of weeks ago, and it's an Olympic and World Champs qualifier, and it moves him to seventh all-time on the Australian list. It now goes Ollie, Stewie, Ryan Gregson, Simon Doyle, Jeff Risley, Jai Edwards, and Cam Myers. Um, 
There's heaps of notes here. Croaks is pretty excited about this junior result. It's also the world youth under 18 record, although Jakob has ran 331.8 a couple of months before he did turn 18. So that's what's happening with Cam Myers there. I'm sure you guys watched the replay of it today, fellas. Mm. What'd you think? Pretty impressive run, and he just makes it look easy and good from Stewie. Yeah, I thought Stewie looked really good, and it's sort of weird now watching a 1,500 metres where you have somebody take them through that far. Um, and as you said, Brady, I, I thought Stewie looked pretty good even when he pulled off. Um, so, but yeah, like, Jakob is now getting, like, the gap between him and everybody else is just seems to be just getting further and further. Whereas before there was a few people that would like, were really sticking with him till maybe like one fifty to go. And then he'd pull away. Whereas now like the times that he's running, he's pretty much got it sewn up with two fifty to go, 300 to go. Mm. Yeah. It just looks yeah. so smooth. Moose, where does it, where does it like, where does it leave him in terms of, uh, Goals like, does he following Jakob's path at 22 years old, unbeatable Olympic champion? Uh, pretty much like that's still four to five years away from 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 Cam Myers. Yet what? Look at what he's already done. It must be so hard in that position to to sit back and go, oh well, I guess I'm just going to get faster and faster and faster. Like I. I at some point, like I think, well, I don't want to. I don't want to sound real negative, but he's got so far already. Yet, the world record's only like seven seconds in front of him, and he's seventeen years old. <laughs> and the Australian record's what, like four seconds in front of him. Um, it it doesn't leave a lot of room. To, to move unless we're talking some sort of Jakob le- le- level athlete, which at the moment he is. And if he doesn't, it's a failure. You know what I mean? That's, like it's, it's, it's a really yeah. difficult place that leaves him. Like it, it, it's he's not a, a child failure, but people will look at that. Yeah. So he goes out and runs 334, 335 now. It's like, oh yeah, but he ran 333. He, like, he, he's 333 man now. Yeah. That's what he gets compared against. He doesn't get considered a 17 year old. He gets considered a 333 runner. And so next week he'll go to a race and, look, maybe he runs 337 and everyone will start, like, this is what we do. We go, oh, get him home from Europe. Like, yeah, it's too out. much for him over there. Like, well, he's, he's coming home. He's, he's actually on his way home um, this week. And uh, he's qualified for world champs, but um, I don't think he's going to go. Oh, he won't go? No. Well, he's got house like, sports uh, on or something that week. <laughs> Yeah, no, just like it's 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 probably not a yeah it's a tough one like it's it's an Aussie singlet, but you know thinking long term it's probably not a bad move. Plus you know I think school's pretty important to him. Um, but do you reckon guys like Stewie and Ollie are starting to like get a little bit concerned? Nah, Stewie's not threatened at all. Did you watch that post race interview with him? With Stewie, Stewie, yeah, yeah. No. I'll, I'll flick it to you after this. Put in the show notes. Um, he was kind of like, yeah, it's a good run for the young kid. But sure, he's talking about breaking the Australian record in a couple of weeks. Yeah. He's, um, so he's just, pretty confident with how he's going. So I reached out to Dave Tarbottom about this because, you know, how everyone's been going about Cam's run the world youth and under 18 world record, even though Jakob ran 331.18 before he turned 18. But the way they, the way world athletics do it is it's the age that you are on the 31st of December. So the year that, um, so Jakob 
ran 331 uh, in like July and then he turned 18 in September. And so that year he would have been over 18, whereas Cam's 17 now. He's still going to be 17 at the end of this year. So that's, yeah, that's why it's a bit confusing there. Okay. Um, but he's on, the, he's on a similar trajectory. So basically uh, Cam's got like, what, another probably eight months to find two more seconds and he's on par with Jakob at the same age. I know, like two seconds is a lot at that mm-hmm. level, but still. Yeah. And look, Jakob's been the ultimate professional and he, he hasn't gone through that period where he's had a niggle or he's been doubted. He's just got better and better and better until he's now a, a super athlete that doesn't get beaten. It, it's just going to be very difficult for someone to follow in those footsteps. And, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, in, it's incredible what Cam Myers is doing. Um, just got to let him keep being a kid. Yeah. yeah. You said motivation, Seven, though. Like, well, like I, I can't even put myself in his shoes to think that – imagine, like, go back to when you were 17, to think that you were doing this sort of thing and to think that, like, shoe companies – like, I'd – like it's it's interesting. Obviously, we're not we're never going to find out like a figure that he signed with Nike. But do you think these shoe companies are paying him more than say somebody like a Jai Edwards based on the comparison of him and Jakob? Yes. Like yeah, yeah and that's so, good for him. Yeah. Yeah, and so like you know he, he potentially in the next two years could like set himself up for life. Oh yeah, six figures. <laughs> um, Seventeen, eighteen, nineteen-year-old. Hope yeah. he's got some smart people in his corner mm. looking after him and making some good decisions. Yeah. He's pretty academic as well, Crooks. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, yeah. They always so, are, aren't they, good runners? Always smart. Yeah, some, of them, some of them are. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, and so, Brady, uh, Jakob's now shut it down to a world champs. Yeah. That was his last race. Yeah, Christian, he's doing the double peak. He gave us that intel on the monthly. And what about, I had a bet on with Toby Moose if Yaka broke 2.27, a slab on it, and he ran 2.27.1. 3.27. 3.27. Yeah. Yeah, I was with Toby on that one. Yeah, oh, I was too. I nearly, yeah. got, you, I nearly <laughs> got it. Well, they, nah. wanted, they wanted 3.26 to start off with, 3.26.5, but I'm like, nah, 3.27. Anyway, Lyndon Hall, this was huge Australian news here as well. She ran close to a two-second PB, and she broke uh, Jess Hull's area record by 0.02. Lyndon finished fifth in this race. That This was non-televised, non-Diamond League event, but at the same meet, she ran 3.57.27. Race was won by Harriet Mishasha in 3.54.8. Kind of the times we're just expecting to see now with the females, aren't we? Closer to that 3.50 than um you know back in the day well not even back in the day not so long ago it was just if you could break four minutes so that was great for Lyndon. i know jess put a thing on instagram she kind of just had this like the text how many times they've broken each other's australian record which i thought was really good I'm not sure if you guys saw it but it was just like hall hull hull hall just kind of going back and forth so um good to see her recognize her there as well it's good from Lyndon as well because i i didn't see this one coming based on what she's done this season like She's been, like, okay. Like, the last Diamond League, she lost a shoe, and she ran, like, 4.09, and conditions were crap. But she's, like, been hovering around that sort of low four minutes, like, you know, four twos, four threes. So, like, I certainly didn't see this coming. Like, I, you know, up until yesterday, I'm like, oh, maybe she's not having a great season. And then it just goes to show, like, 
you know, you keep turning up, you get in the right race, and uh, yeah, anything's possible. Yeah, you're right. And the women's 800, this is Mary Mora from Kenya. She ran 156.8. Um, I'm just sorry, Brady. I was just doing a bit of typing. That's why I had my mic off. I've just gone to the um, head-to-heads with uh, Jess and Lyndon. Oh yeah. As a bit of like, okay, they've swapped the, the they've swapped the um, Australian record so often, but how have they gone in head-to-head races? So in um, the pre-classic, it's, it's gone back to 2019 here. So these are their last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine races against each other. It goes Hull, Hull, Hall, Hall, Hull, Hall, Hull, Hull, Hull. Mm-hmm. So Hull has this slight edge over her, except major championships like um, the World Athletics champs, or Hull got her there. But the Olympics in Tokyo, Hall got Hull. The um, the World Athletic champs, Hull got Hall. The Commonwealth Games, Hull got uh, Hall got Hull. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that that's so. Some of the big events, Hall has has performed well, and but overall ledger, Hull's just a bit over Hall. Mm. I'd love to know uh, three ways. Abby Caldwell, where does she fit into the head-to-heads as well? Because she was fifth in the 800 in 158.4, which is a PB by 0.14 Olympic qualifier. Kat Bissett was in the same race, and she fell with about 150 metres to go. So hopefully she's not injured or anything like that from the fall. But that time from Abby Caldwell is now the second fastest of all time behind Kat Bissett and 0.4 off the Australian record. Because Abby got them both at um, Com Games. In the head-to-head. Wow. Head. So, do you th- like? Do you think that she is going to perform better in the world champs in the eight hundred or the fifteen hundred? Fifteen hundred, I'd say she's dropping down to the eight to work on the kick finish for the fifteen. Yeah. Second all time. I know, but I still think that's a tactic they're employing. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I think that's. I don't think that's be a secret. But um, I'm just suggesting that perhaps, like, this could be her event. Mm. What do you think, Crocs? What uh, would you do th- if you're the coach? I think 15 for Abby at the moment. It just just watching the 800, she definitely seems to um, just be off the back a little bit early on. And, you know, the good thing about 1,500 metres, like championship racing, I think Abby's got now good 800 metre speed that if it's tactical, that's going to help her um, in the championship 1,500 yeah. Yep. Uh, the steeple was won by Alba Carly in 8.03, and the women's 3K was run by Fruyina Hallyu in 8.26. Para World Champs Croaks. I reckon last week we just spoke about um, Jared Clifford getting his uh, silver, and now Michael Roger was in action. Yeah, so Rogues raced uh, yeah last night and um, finished second in the 1500, running 353.89. The race was one in 352.56. So I saw some highlights on the, the local news here tonight, and it looks like Rogues had a pretty good break, like had a good good gap with, I don't know, like even 200 to go, and then sort of got got caught with, a, you know, 80 metres to go. Um, so, um, yeah, medal at world champs. Uh, other news, Carly Thomas. Do you guys remember that name? No, no. Nah. I saw this result over the weekend, and I had to think a couple of times about it. 
Yeah, so she won silver at the 2018 World Juniors in the 800 metres and haven't heard a lot from her the last few years. I'm not sure if it was like injury related, but she came out over the last week and ran 159.95 for an 800 metre race in Italy and that's the first time under two minutes. So obviously like if you're winning silver medals at World Juniors, you've got some um, pretty good talent and uh, yeah, it's good to see that she's, you know, running well um, so now as, as a senior. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. Maybe it'll be on her profile. Have a look. Mm. Uh, and then just a local race or in Sydney, Sutherland to surf. This used to always be like a pretty big race in the lead up to City to surf, bit of a precursor. Um, James Nippris got the win in the men's. Uh, so it's 11K, 33-11. Oh, sorry, 33-13. He ran one by 70 seconds. And Eloise Wellings backed up after Gold Coast, uh, winning the women's race in 36-13 and won by over three minutes. Hey, Nipper got a bit lost in the Gold Coast results. He ran the half marathon there, building for Berlin Marathon, I heard. Yeah, right. He ran 64, like an absolute champion over the steeplechase and got some big PBs. Yeah. Like he could do some damage. 64.40 he ran. Yeah, because he ran Sydney Marathon. I think Sydney Marathon was his debut last year. Yeah, 221.47, Moose. Mm. Probably. Was he first Australian? Uh, I reckon he would have been. No, Reese Edwards. Oh, yeah, Reese. Reese yep. did it. Mm. So, nipple, what did he run? What did two twenty one forty seven at Sydney last year? He ran yeah. sixty four forty though at Gold Coast. What Reese Edwards ran about two seventeen, didn't he? Gold Coast, yeah. at Sydney. Yeah. That, remember that was a tune up race for for Melbourne. Yeah. There weren't many <laughs> Which people. We, look, let's be honest. We laughed <laughs> at it at the time, and we're like, "You've run two seventeen. That ain't no fucking tempo." But then he come out and went through in sixty five something at Melbourne. Yeah. And pulled it off. Pulled it off. I think he ran two fourteen or something that day. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. because his whole AV season, he was coming in like seventh, eighth, and just like yeah, didn't look that impressive. But I think he was just doing it all heavy. Yeah. What'd you find on Carly Thomas? Moves. I found out uh, she went to the uh, university. Of, she went to the University of Washington. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. Same uni that Izzy Bat Doyle went to. Yeah. And that's where um, Sophia Sullivan is at right now. Yeah, that's right. Purple and white uniforms, don't they? Yep. Yep. That's it. Moose, what news you got this week to go through? Uh, run Melbourne. So that's um, Melbourne City. There was They do a half marathon, 10K, maybe there's a 5K too. A uh, bit of time spent on footpaths, I reckon, here. The um, the half marathon was – oh, you always do this one, Brady. This is your event, isn't it? Yeah, it used to be. We do it for the um, community living and respite services up here in Atukamoama to raise money back in the day. But now we've started our own fun run, so I don't go to it anymore. But, yeah, a bit yeah. of bike path, um, a bit of, like, path along the Yarra there, you know, that run for the kids uses as well. Is it certified? Mm, don't know. It's not oh, a fast course. I highly doubt it. I'll check, um, yeah. I'll check. Lisa Waitman won it, so I'll check her profile you can, it would be difficult to certify because they're like i saw some footage of them running up gutters over like sidewalks kind of thing it's yeah it'd be difficult to certify i reckon it does very um, much have a charity feel to it though like this year there were a lot of kind of well-credentialed runners rocking up to it but in the past it's been more of a charity kind of vibe yeah so the um the half marathon was won by abdi robel he ran 67.48. What club does he run for? He runs for Collingwood. He stayed oh, here after the World right. Cross Country yeah. Champs at Bathurst. He was the bloke um, 
I beat him at Sandown this week. He went off first for them. He uh, he went out a bit hard, and we caught him with about K to go. Ran past him. Who do you um, run for at World Cross? Somalia, I reckon. Some, oh, let me check. I'll search him up. He's got some really big PBs. I know when the Collingwood boys signed him, they were pretty happy. And now Moose has gone past him at the back straight of Sandown. Yeah, probably get your money back, fellas. Um, Lisa Waitman, she actually ran 70-28, so that's that's probably the better result um, winning that, like out of the, the two genders. Uh, 10K, Dave McNeil, he ran 29-48 to win. Charlotte Wilson was 35-27. South Australia cross-country champs. Adrian Potter, he won the men's. Brooke Hines Run won the women's. Jeez, Croaks, you haven't given them a lot of love, have you? Don't even get times there. Oh well, there Had, weren't a lot. There weren't a lot of people in the race. Imagine no, coming second at your state champs and don't get a major moose. Yeah, stiff, but fair, I reckon, Croaks, because there's probably only eight people in that race. Kipchoge, he's going to run Berlin. Back there, hated the hills in Boston. Decided nah, the flats for me. See how he goes against Calvin Kiptum. Nah, Got a Calvin's, bit of a not, Calvin's not there. Oh, what? Yeah. I thought he. I thought it was announced ages ago that he was doing Berlin. Yeah, he was. Nah, I don't think it is. Brother, are you sure? Because well, I reckon we spoke there. about it on the monthly that it wasn't going to be. Oh, I don't know. I reckon there was talk a while ago. I know that he he's not out of world champs. Not, yeah, he's not confirmed for Berlin moves, but I know that there was talk a few months ago that he was going to run Berlin, and I don't know whether it was just speculation or whether because I, I obviously wasn't a an official press release yeah no nah, there's nothing official that i've just seen on the first page google um also i run, highly doubt that he'll get money then if kipchoge's getting all that cash run melbourne not certified going by lisa's profile um we spoke about on the monthly what was i asked the other two boys but what was your first reaction when you saw this moose i was disappointed i wanted yeah. to run new york like i, I want to see him get back after like those challenges that he, he set himself he wants to win them all um his chance was to win new york this year i thought i would have even preferred to see him at budapest world champs and go to berlin again i don't think he needs world champs yeah but just something joking. different for the punters out there watching no i got no interest he doesn't have interest in that that does the way that i don't, I don't think they look at these guys look at world champs like I don't think it's looked at like it used to be, especially in the marathon. And even when you keep putting it in these these locations, like oh, well, I guess it's always been a hot spots, but I don't. I feel like people are chasing. There's too much money to be had out there. Here's a question for you boys: How much has is like the fact that Kelvin Kiptum has come on the scene in the last year? How much is this hurting Kipchoge's legacy? Mm. Because I almost feel like. Kipchoge now is like second tier to this this new guy. Yeah, well, the let's run forums, everyone wants this head-to-head to happen. But I don't think it will happen because the Kipchoge will have his paces there and I think they, there'd be conditions about if Kipchoge's going to race that the field needs to be X, Y, and Z. Well, who's dodging who now? You reckon Kipchoge's dodging Kiptum? Mate, Kiptum not dodging anyone. He will ta- he'll jump in the UFC ring in the octagon and take people on. doesn't matter what sport. Have you seen this Calvin Kipton bloke? Yeah. He yeah. is one hell of an athlete, Calvin Kipton. It's, it's just funny, isn't it? Like, Kipchoge has achieved so much. Like, you know, <laughs> double Olympic gold, world records, and then he has a pretty crap run in Boston. 
Kipton comes out and runs you know, close to the world record in pretty ordinary conditions, and it's like, oh, Kipchoge's done. Oh, Kipchoge's not that great. Yeah. <laughs> Kipchoge's soft for choosing Berlin again. Like, yeah, that's that real tall popper syndrome in Australia as well that we're just cutting him down now. But he's still a great athlete. Um, yeah, I'd love to see the head-to-head. But, and I would have loved to see him in New York because I thought that would have been a great response after the hills of uh, Boston. Yeah, and, and that's what I was yeah. looking forward to. But it's not going to happen. But, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, I think Kipton would nearly go to. But Christian was saying that he might not go to Valencia because that's an NN race again. It just annoys me that you you could potentially not do these races because you've got different management. I know it's part Wait, of so business. Who won't go to Valencia? That then because they've got Kipton, they might not let him run it because they've got um, Chapter Guy making his debut and he's an NN athlete. Oh, okay. So they yeah, different okay. races want, yeah. So, and that's like the lady last year who, you know, upset G'day's debut, but she was like a 223 lady. That's how she got to start. And then she came out and ran 214, 215. Kipchoge will be in Sydney next year. Heard it here first. Yeah. Didn't you say it'd be here this year, two weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, next year. Got my years mixed up. Just keep going it. Listen to question croaks. All right. Uh, question is, what rules do you have with alcohol? For example, no drinks the night before a session or a long run or X amount of weeks prior to a race? And that question comes in from Paul Bolton. Mm. Not I'm a bad no, question. It's a good question. I'm nowhere near that street. Um I would have a beer the night before a workout. Yeah, no worries at all. Wouldn't think twice about it. I'm talking like one or two, not having five or six. Um, if it's an important race, I won't have one and probably not have one for four or five nights, maybe two or three nights leading in. But I quite enjoy having an alcohol beverage every couple of nights just to chill out a bit, drink responsibly. Or like the days of binge drinking are gone for me, but yeah, I occasionally like sampling different beers throughout the week. So you, so what's your rule? You got to like your rule is if it's important race, two yeah. to three day, days before you stop stop touching it. Yeah. And yeah. a session doesn't bother you. Doesn't bother me. AV race wouldn't bother me. Um, but yeah, depends on what other life stress has been there too. But yeah, I'm yeah. definitely not. Uh, professional in that sense of yeah, watching how much alcohol I consume before running stuff. Nah, neither am I. I'll have a um, I'll have a beer before a race, even before like a marathon. I'll have a beer. It doesn't really bother me too much. It it's what I do every day, and the only th- the only thing I'd be worried about is sleep dehydration. So I won't have more than one. Um, I don't think one beer. Like, I, I normally just drink mid-strength beers anyway, so I don't think one beer has any sort of effect on how I'm feeling 12 hours later. Uh, if I, I would avoid red wine because that sometimes messes with my sleep, and I would avoid having probably more than one drink if it was an important race. I won't, go, I won't have two drinks. Session-wise, if it's a solid session, then I won't have more than one or two drinks either because I hate the feeling of waking up already in a state behind the eight ball. So I want to be optimal for, for workouts. And, yeah, I, I don't really 
binge drink either anymore. I just physically can't. I just get too tired. <laughs> like, that's why I, I reckon. Yeah, that's why I reckon this question. We would have been answering this question very differently like ten or fifteen years ago because, oh, yeah. like, because we're all now like, if we drink, it's generally just one or two at home. It's not you're going out and having an all night bender. And so yeah. you probably you probably would have had strict rules back then in that I don't have any of those benders in the three weeks before a race or something like that. <laughs> Whereas. Like my rules now are that I actually, I I make sure that I have a beer on a Saturday night, one or two, because I'm like, hey, I got a real, I got a long run tomorrow. I actually want some extra carbs. So if anything, I I drink on a Saturday night. Uh, I have at least one, if not two beers, because I'm like, oh well, I need a few extra carbs for my long run. Um, but yeah, like I'm with you boys. I, like I don't drink much more than one or two if I do have, yeah, and that's not going to affect. A race or a session really yeah i feel yeah. like i'm real piss fit at one or two so like does not which i know is not the definition of piss fit but i'm like it's not going to have an impact on the next morning but any more yeah. than that i might be waking up seedy and i'm still getting i still value like the sleep factor more and i know that one or two is not going to impact my sleep and i know that if i'm still in bed early and get a good night's sleep if the kids don't wake up i'm gonna be right to go mm-hmm. hopefully that answers your question paul Probably not the, don't take that as advice though, any of that stuff we've just spoken about. Moose on the Loose. Um, yeah, so Moose on the Loose came about through like seeing a lot of people after Gold Coast Marathon talk about their races and it's and it wasn't elite runners. It, it was elite runners, it was amateur runners, it was everyone in between. Um, came a bit after you talking on road to Gold Coast Brady about the, the course a little bit like the um, the the camber and the potholes and, and then the 15 degrees and also the pacing from for for uh, Tim that kind of sort of talk and and like I just kept coming back and thinking everyone is comparing their race to the the, the ultimate ideal race scenario like where everything goes exactly perfect how you want it to and it, it it just doesn't happen like that it doesn't work like that and it never ever has so why do we prepare like it will be the perfect day on race day and and why do we build it up in our heads that anything not the perfect race day uh is is something that is dragging our performance down or, or, or that we, we get to sort of complain about. In, in my view, we should be looking at the average conditions and the average build-up, the average preparation, the average that you would normally feel on this day, the average weather conditions. To me, that's what we should be aiming at. And anything above that is a bonus. Not looking at it as like the ideal and anything that isn't totally perfect gets to be complained about and we look at negatively. Do you, do you, do you sort of see where I'm going with this? Yeah. I um, Even when it was predicted to be super windy a bit earlier in the week for Gold Coast, I was like down in the dumps about it to start off with. I'm like, oh, you just want that perfect day and the perfect wind and all the stuff you just listed off. But then it's just like you can relax a bit because you can't control it. And it's just like you don't have to be so high strung 
it's just like, oh, well, all that goes out the window now. There's, there's almost, when it's perfect, you almost got that pressure on that then you have to execute perfectly because you've got nothing else to, yeah. to worry about. So, like, you almost want a bit of, like, some um, adversity in the lead-up or in on race day to just take the pressure off yourself a bit. And then I feel that people perform when the pressure's just a tiny bit off as well. You, you you hear people talk about their races in the past like, oh, I did this race but it was a bit windy or I did this race and the pack wasn't perfect so I ran by myself for a lot and, oh, I, I had something, I had missed a drink on this table so there was a few seconds there and oh, I, I, I missed my flight so I got in late this day and so, yeah, I had a poor preparation so I was probably a few minutes there in the race that I could have got. And it just, like, here's some things I just wrote down off the top of my head a minute before we started. I'm like, here's some things that could potentially go wrong that could cause a less than perfect or a less than ideal race. So during your race prep, you sickness, injury, weather, other races that you have to do for a team or whatever, issues with your work, giving you stress, taking up training hours, family issues, again, like crying baby having to go to events stress at home now that's like enough in itself right now you go to travel you miss a flight late arrival because of delayed flights food issues on the plane or in the new environment you're at stomach problems because that's what you get with traveling sickness because you get traveling for that fatigue because you've traveled overnight jet lag too many distractions in the new city you're in an unfamiliar bed your room temperature is not right i've i've heard every single one of these excuses used for a poor race right so like these are not uncommon things you might think oh that's ridiculous who would blame that it gets blamed don't worry moose do you think people do you think this um all comes out after the race or do you think people think about this before the race and during the race and that then impacts their poor race i think people go in to these events with this plan that everything will be totally perfect and in their head say they have a delayed flight they start destroying their their resilience isn't strong enough to deal with that and they start to think okay this isn't perfect and they they break down a little and they get anxious about it and they start to find reasons why they're not going to run well. So I, I think a lot of them will use this post-race, but it's pre-race that it's actually starting to have an effect. Yeah. But then, like, we haven't got to race day, which is the main one. So there's temperature, there's wind, rain, road camber, potholes, U-turns, there's congestion with other runners, blistering, cramping, bad stomachs, there's no personal drinks for the athlete. There's missed drink tables. There's bad packs to run with, so you're solo. There's bad paces of the packs you're with. Your shoelace comes undone. Now We could list a few more too, I reckon. Oh, mate, this is a minute before, right? So if any one of these things go wrong, then it becomes less than ideal. And people start going, okay, well, that's 10 seconds lost and 20 seconds lost. What we need to do is change our thinking around how we approach races. We shouldn't think that everything's going to go perfect. And then when something doesn't go perfect, it affects us negatively. We should go in being adaptable to these things going wrong. 
and expect things to go wrong. We should go in thinking, okay, the average temperature is this, which is higher than ideal, and the average wind is this, which is higher than ideal, and yep, okay, I might not get the food I need beforehand, um, that's okay, it's just rice. I've had rice before, like I can handle that. Uh, like, okay, I'm gonna go through a 15K stretch where I'm by myself. Like this isn't a chance mentally for me to start thinking, oh, this isn't perfect, this isn't perfect, this isn't perfect. And also, the, the next step to this is we shouldn't train for perfect. We shouldn't try to replicate perfect conditions in training. We shouldn't search for the most perfect road, the flattest road. We shouldn't do our sessions at the most perfect time for weather conditions. Um, we, we, shouldn't do, we shouldn't look at the pace that we can run on a perfect day and use that as our goal pace. We, we can't be that ambitious and we can't be that unrealistic thinking that's we're going to get the ideal set of conditions where you can run your ideal pace. We, we have to train realistically. And I, I do think this is where people get it wrong in marathon training. I think they do some conversions in the calculators and it spits out a time for them based off their absolute best race they've ever run when they were as fit as possible and they go, on an ideal day, I could run this. So guess what my first marathon session is going to be? I'm going to be running this ideal pace. And yeah, it's going to feel hard, but during the session it was kind of windy and I had some fatigue from the long run, so that's why it was hard. Like they justify it throughout the whole marathon block why their sessions are difficult. But they're not actually, like the actual reason it's difficult is because they're setting themselves a pace that's outside their capabilities on anything that's less than a perfect ideal day. Jeez, all-time moose on the loose. Can I add um, also, don't compare yourself to other people on social media or Strava thinking they've got it perfectly because it's probably like a highlight reel, not actually what they're doing in their day-to-day life. Well, that's a whole other kettle. I know, I know but I think it comes into it because people go, oh, but this pro person's got it perfect or this person gets free shoes or shit or this, you know what I mean? Like this road that this person trains on in their Instagram video looks perfect. I wish mine could be like that. It's like, well, I've done it with like times of the day of working out. I've been like, oh, I wish I could do this at 9 a.m. because it'd be so much better than 7 a.m. But it's just like, yeah, that's another one. So, so Moose, do you, um, as a piece of advice for people, would you recommend they'd sit down and go, hey, this is problem X that could arise. What's reaction Y? Like, how are you going to respond to this problem? Because most likely it's going to come up. Yeah. Would you go that deep? Do you know what I mean? What are you going to do if you do, do miss a drink at 15K? I, I don't think we do it that specifically. I just, I just don't think that we should be setting training up to be totally perfect. Yeah. So I, I well, that's your second I part of it. I kind of meant like what happens if you miss a drink at 15K, would you say to someone, like are you saying to Ali before, let's go back to um, Sapporo, Tokyo Olympics kind of thing, like do you guys go through these as some things that could arise in the race? This is how you should respond? Occasionally, yeah. Like yeah. there's some certain things with pacing and packs that we talk about. Yeah. Uh, and and what to do, like in those, we, we, we absolutely did for that because there was so much consequence to the conditions. And so there was like, it was sort of um, pretty cutthroat, like if you made a bad decision early, how your race would go, we saw that. Uh, but she's smart enough to know, and she's a really, she's kind of quite um, sensible and relaxed about it. So she might miss a drink, she'll get a bad, have a bad flight, bad sleep, whatever. She is resilient enough 
to, to overcome that. Whereas I do have some athletes that will fret about it uh, and, and that will look for the ideal and anything less than that is, is problematic for them. And what I'm hearing as well, Moose, is like just take things in your stride and go in with a clear head rather than filling your head full of shit of all the things that potentially are going to mm. make you run less than ideal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your ideal, like, think about what's ideal and think about what's realistic and then go, okay, how many ideal perfect days do we ever get? None. Maybe one person gets it once in a 20-year career for them Mm -hmm. as a marathoner, not as a track runner. That can happen quite often. But as a marathoner, maybe one to two marathons you get that are totally perfect and ideal. Now, be smart enough to understand that, absorb it, accept it, and go, okay, so if there's a bit of wind, it's normal. Like, I can handle that. Um, I just adjust. And look, the pace in my head, like the pace that I've been training at, has been adjusted because we're not aiming at the ideal perfect race. Like, we're training within ourselves. We're training, we're doing marathon training with fatigue in our legs, so it's been adjusted for that. It's where runs on the board are so important as well and, like, practicing things with, like, lesser important races Like because I feel like you can control a lot in training. Like, yeah, so many times I've had – just even, like, AV cross-country, like, a, a moment will arise in a race and then you go, oh, yeah, but I remember three years ago when I was in this other cross-country race and this happened and I ran through the field or whatever it is. Like, it's just when you can call on those past experiences where you've had experience in – um, adversity or something going wrong or a stitch that you've ran through and it's come good or whatever it is, um, I think I think sometimes people, I see it with recreational runners as well, they've got a marathon in 14 weeks and all they want to do is train the whole way through it and just have that perfect build-up that you kind of talk about, whereas mm-hmm. getting in a local fun run or a local half marathon or 10K or something, like especially early, early in the block and just you know, testing out your kit and testing out what it's like to be on a start line and what it's like when there's a line at the portaloo that you didn't have when you were doing workouts from your house and had access to two or three toilets whenever you wanted to. Like that stuff is, is you can't teach that. Yeah, it, it, cross country is great for that because it does teach people to get away from the ideal because there are no ideals in cross country. Yeah. Uh, the, and so it, it, it's be, like, it's a beautiful thing about it. it it's just... No pace, no heart rate. Like you go out, you run, you're going to get muddy, it's wet, it's hilly, there's camber, there's pot. There's everything that the perfect marathon is not. Um, And so I think that actually helps quite a bit. Good one. Jeez, Zach, crop that and put it into a reel or something. Do something with that. That could go off that uh, moose on the loose. Motivational speaker, Moose. That's that's your next career. That's what I'm going to do tomorrow when I'm working on podcast stuff. I'm going to back that with some like epic, like gladiators music in the background. It's not motivational. It's it is motivational. I feel like running through a wall. To me, it's training advice. I know it's it's great. It's one of the best Moose on the Looses you've done. Yeah, he's not taking not taking praise well tonight, folks. No, he's not. Fucking hell! Like if I heard that, if I heard that the night before a marathon, I'd be like ready to go, even if it was blowing a gale outside. I reckon we book you for the clubhouse next year to do the post post race speech. Pre race, pre race, not post race. Yeah, pre race. What's coming up, Croaks? What have we got coming up? Sydney Harbour, ten k up your way. That's a real insurance one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, pretty twisty turny. Who's doing that? Do we go to Elite Fields? Uh, I know Leanne's doing it in the in the women's. Men? 
Not sure. Hmm. Ed Goddard, maybe. He might be going around. Sydney boy. Uh, Monaco Diamond League is the 21st of July, early morning uh, Saturday, if you're here in Australia. Bandura Cross Country. Your boy versus my boy, Moose. Who you got? Ed Marks, Andy Buchanan. Andre Waring. Ed Marks for me. Sorry, Andy. Ed Marks. Okay. That's going to be a big battle watching that one unfold. Me versus you. <laughs> Different categories here, if you don't beat me two two and a half weeks after a marathon, you've got to seriously look at training. Hey, you're a better athlete than I am. Mate, no way. I, I think if if Brady has actually pulled up okay from the marathon, I think based on recent form, I'd probably go Brady. But Brady's already starting to put all of these negative, less than ideal things into his head, so... You've got the upper hand there, Moose. I'm going to be nowhere near Moose if he's top. I finished 21st in my best AV race this year when I wasn't recovering from a marathon. And this guy just said he's going to run top 20. No, I, no, I said that's my goal. That's your goal. So I'll be nowhere near 20th. So unless you blow it's, to pieces. too many unknowns for you, Brady. Yeah, to put a prediction on, I reckon. Yeah. Just don't give me a sniff, Moose. If I'm near you with 500 metres to go, you'll know yeah, I'll close I close hard. That. Don't I give me a that. sniff. <laughs> Up that last hill, I might catch yeah. you. Um, what are you doing in your life, Crokes, between now and next week? Uh, back to work. Some interviews. And might do an interview. Oh, some um, interviews. Won't, won't be running. Won't be running. Keep that heart rate low. Moose, what are you doing? Well, jeez, uh, what am I doing? Any big events like the treadmill challenge last week? You'd be happy with that? Ah, that was good. Went off pretty well, I reckon. A bit different. A bit different? A bit of different experience for the crew. Um I watched a bit Sunday afternoon. Did almost you? ended in almost ended in divorce. Viv wasn't real happy with me. Yeah, mate. Spending a bit of time watching. You watched watching, your Montrem interview? Uh yeah. That's why I wasn't, wasn't available. Much of an interview. That's why I wasn't available on Saturday night, Moose. I heard Montrem <laughs> was in the house. Yeah, <laughs> I told Carly I was going down for fifteen minutes just to help him out, Croaks. <laughs> Didn't go down well? Yeah, well, they're going to need a pair of on shoes, I reckon, Moose, for Carlos, just between you yeah, and me. Yeah, 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 so, we'll sort your boys out. Don't no, sort, well, not you, don't sort me out. <laughs> give my pair to yeah, Carly, I please. Need, I don't need running shoes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll give some to Carly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Great. Give my pair to Carly. Carly ran a 5K nice... PB the other day, post baby, 5K PB, 23.50. She's getting fit. She needs some new um, snake kickers. Yeah, it's <laughs> good that you remember that. <laughs> First time she ever went in your store back in Ballarat. That's what you hooked her up with. She nicknamed yep. nicknamed him herself. Um, what are you doing, Moose? Nothing. Bandura. Yep. Getting ready. All right, boys, we're done. That was episode number 298. We've got a big special, 300th episode, I think, coming. Zach has held all sponsors off that episode, so it's just going to be free rain. Might have to do something special. Free rain, huh? Yeah, I know. He told me, he's like, nah, sponsors want it, but I've kept it free for you guys to do something special. Ooh. How can we get a Sponsor. Sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> just just charge him double. Charge him double for the big 300th. <laughs> when it's exactly the same as every other episode, but just got a different number in front of it. I reckon we cut that bit out. All right, boys. See us next week. See ya. See ya. Thanks to the Prep Adelaide Marathon for sponsoring the show. The Prep Adelaide Marathon is on again. Register now for the Prep Marathon, Half Marathon, or the family-friendly Ciccone 10K or 5K event. Seize your personal best with Prep and get ready for the 45th Adelaide Marathon, Sunday, August 27. Register at adelaidemarathon.com.au.